Hey, it's Katie, and I'm here to help you befriend your mind, body, and soul. If you stick around with me long enough, you might find that you're a mindful soul too. Hey, hey, welcome, welcome. This episode is part one of a three-part series. So today we will be going over the topic of women and healthcare including the medical gaslighting that occurs and the challenges for medical providers when mental and physical health intersect. So we're kind of building on last week's episode about the mind-body connection. In part two, next week's episode, I'm sharing a personal story about some health issues that I had at the beginning of the year. Right after I left my nine-to-five job, I experienced both an iron deficiency and long COVID or post-viral syndrome, both of which women are more likely to get, and both of which have symptoms that look like anxiety. So it's estimated that 20% of women under 50 are iron deficient, And the majority of people who are documented with post-viral syndrome after COVID are women. There are estimates ranging from 10 to 30% of people who get COVID will experience post-viral syndrome, which is something that happens with many different viruses, by the way. It's not a totally new thing. I've seen so many people out there in forums like, oh, you know, long COVID is fake. It's not a real thing. Um, And... Post-viral syndrome is not a new thing. It happens with many different viruses. So we're going to get into some of that later. But in part three, we will chat about research on mindfulness and chronic pain, chronic health issues, and how it can really benefit people. I shared some of that in last week's episode, but in this episode, I'll be sharing more personally how I used my mindfulness skills to get through the first six months of the year which were honestly some of the scariest in my life. Let me tell you, we can really take our health for granted. And when our body is not working the way that we need it to, it can be really scary. So before I dive in, I want to give a little trigger warning. If you are someone who deals with health anxiety, the next few episodes may not be the episodes for you. Having unexplained and undiagnosed physical symptoms is really scary, and the mind always wants to jump to the worst case scenario. So if this is something you really struggle with, you may want to skip these episodes. The other sort of disclaimer I want to give is that obviously I'm not a medical doctor. This is not medical advice. I cannot guarantee that everything I share here is 100% accurate. So as I'm sharing about my personal experience and what I learned through self-research and what helped me, that's all it is. If you ever have concerns about your mental or physical health, always speak to your own healthcare providers. And part of what I'll be discussing here is what happens when the medical field fails you and is not set up to thoroughly explore your concerns and help you figure out what's going on. It is important to do your own research but careful and mindful research. Don't go down internet rabbit holes. Seek out information that's well-established, research-based, or at least check multiple sources for yourself. Something that I did throughout my experience is bring in the research I had found to my doctor. So be an active participant in your care. Bring ideas, solutions, and questions to your providers. 
Because the truth is that any provider, medical or mental health, is not specialized in everything. That's impossible. And we're going to be diving into some of that later, how our medical system here in the U.S. really fails to work holistically with people with an integrated care approach. Even though the system is trying to move in that direction over time, it's just not there. This is actually one of the reasons why I'm really loving to see all the nurses and nutritionists and mental health professionals moving into the coaching field where people can have access to a more personalized forms of holistic care outside of the traditional medical model, which so often fails people because we know it's owned by the insurance companies um, and big pharma. So I really want to highlight here that this episode is not to hate on the medical profession. I am so grateful for the medical advances we have. Our lifespans are increasing and I have a lot of respect for medical providers. And the system is what the system is. There's good and bad apples everywhere. And having worked within the medical system, I truly choose to believe that Everybody is doing the best they can with what they're working with, both individually, personally, and systemically. So I'm sharing my story for a few reasons, which I want to outline today before going into my personal experience in the next episode. So the first reason why I wanted to share my story is that even if one person can find help through me sharing my experiences, then it's worth it. I'm naturally a very open person to begin with. In fact, one of my previous colleagues and dear friends once described me as, what you see is what you get. (laughs) Um, If you're into astrology, my sun, moon, and rising are all in the same sign, which basically means my insides are my outsides. I'm very comfortable being open about who I am and my personal experiences. And if that can benefit or help someone in case, then that's important. And I truly believe that there are probably many people out there struggling with undiagnosed iron deficiency or even post-viral syndrome that are too unsure or embarrassed to talk about it, or they're hitting walls with their healthcare providers. So I just want to have some discussion here for people who may be silently suffering. The second reason why I wanted to share is to continue from the theme in last week's episode about the mind-body connection and how that plays out in the medical system with mental and physical health care. So our current medical system separates the two. You go to these doctors for physical health, these doctors for mental health, and as I mentioned, we're moving towards integrated care, but it's still majorly lacking. In the past, I've worked in healthcare settings on integrated healthcare teams. Integrated care is where you take professionals from, you know, various settings, mental health, physical health, different specialties, and try to look at the whole picture. And so when I worked in healthcare settings, I worked with individuals who had serious mental illness as well as chronic physical illnesses. And my role was to assist them in managing both sides of their health, helping them navigate the medical system. And the medical system, both mental and physical, is highly siloed. So if a doctor sees something that looks like anxiety symptoms, they will just send you over for a mental health referral. 
Standard of care is supposed to be that you thoroughly rule out all physical health conditions before designating something a mental health condition. But unfortunately, the truth is how often that actually happens, that someone gets a very thorough physical workup of all the potential contributing factors is very, very low. So when we look at mental health treatment, psychiatry is the only field that doesn't actually examine the organ being treated. There are rarely brain scans or EEGs to determine whether in fact there may be abnormalities in the structure and electrical functioning of the brain. There are hormones, nutrient deficiencies, or imbalances that can lead to symptoms like anxiety or depression. And there is such a delicate physical balance in the body, it's, it's hard to figure out this stuff sometimes, right? Like I said, doctors aren't specialized to understanding everything, and it's not always easy to find, even if you are. And the medical system is built to treat problems or symptoms. It struggles to look at the whole person holistically, and it's not specialized in preventative care. And functional or holistic and alternative medicine is not covered by insurance. So providers are kind of hand tied. They can't look into something that's not quote unquote medically necessary. And so, you know, the insurance companies just don't let them do a lot of things that maybe they would want to or like to do. So um, functional medicine is looking at how our nutrients and hormones work in the body, which is fucking foundational and part of what I'll be sharing with my experience. This is actually one of the reasons why I'm moving out of traditional mental health treatment and, you know, accepting insurance in my private therapy practice because it really ties your hands in what you can do with your clients. And so that's another episode. Um, so we as utilizers of the healthcare system have to be informed and use it intentionally. Like I said earlier, be an active participant. And really what I learned and applied during the first part of this year is to focus on the foundational building blocks of health, nutrition, sleep, anti-inflammation, slowing down, natural supplements. Um, it's amazing what the body can do when we give it the tools that it needs. So pharmaceutical and insurance companies do not want you to know that. And, you know, again, even with pharmaceuticals, I want to highlight that there's pros and cons to everything. I'm not anti-medications or pharmaceuticals. They can be life-saving for many, many people. Um, but I always like to look at both sides and kind of do what's possible first before maybe trying something like a pharmaceutical. And the third and last reason why I really wanted to discuss these things on this podcast is the long history of medical gaslighting for women in particular, when genuine physical symptoms are written off as mental health or somatic complaints. So I want to define what somatic symptom disorder is. That is diagnosed when a person has a significant focus on physical symptoms such as pain, weakness, shortness of breath, 
to a level that results in major distress and problems in functioning. The individual has excessive thoughts, feelings, and behaviors relating to the physical symptoms. So, you know, it's easier oftentimes to write off a person's distress as somatic rather than taking the time to actually figure out what is going on. It's basically not trusting women's ability to feel what is actually going on in their mind or body. And this is the patriarchy power structure, hard at work. She's just being emotional. She's just exaggerating. Don't listen to the women's complaints, right? So to be clear, there are situations where symptoms are primarily mental health related. For example, there's something called Munchausen syndrome, and this is a mental condition in which a person repeatedly seeks medical attention for falsified, exaggerated, or self-inflicted physical symptoms. And this is a very small segment of people who truly fit this criteria. Just like narcissistic personality disorder is sort of trending and greatly overestimated in the population right now, um, people who actually fit criteria for that, it's, it's smaller than you think. So there's also individuals who have more severe mental health challenges, including maybe personality disorders that can be difficult for providers to interact with. And then on top of those mental health conditions, they have medical concerns. And these people struggle greatly to get their needs met because the medical providers usually don't have the training, patience, time, or resources to work with these more complex situations unless it's a specialized program that really focuses on that. So In this episode, I'm not talking about those subsets of challenges where it genuinely is a mental health concern. But here's the thing. When we're talking about whether or not to believe a person's reported experiences, let me give you an example in the mental health field when it comes to treating psychosis. So that is visual or auditory hallucinations or delusions, which are false beliefs. As a provider, you don't counter that person's experience or tell them it's not real because it is what they are experiencing or perceiving. So the neurons firing in their brain are the same neurons that would fire if that experience were actually happening. So again, disbelieving a person's experience or writing it off as invalid is never going to be helpful. And I I just want to add that when it comes to ignoring or disbelieving medical or mental health concerns in women, this is magnified even more if you're a member of any other marginalized group, including Black, Indigenous, people of color, LGBTQ population. Um, I've linked some articles in the show notes with some of the data This is easily searchable and well-documented that marginalized groups experience this sort of, you know, gaslighting and disbelief when it comes to medical complaints and um, death rates are even higher when you look at some of the research. It's, It's really 
a problem. It's unfortunate. So I could do a whole other episode on this, but there's something called social determinants of health. You can look it up and probably find the data for your own local town or region. There are things like what neighborhood you live in, what your income is, your race, ethnicity, and more, which are associated with poorer health outcomes. That is, more chronic health conditions, even shorter lifespans. It's really interesting stuff, and you can read about it. Again, I've linked some articles in the show notes. I'm mentioning this just to highlight the very real indiscrepancies that exist in our healthcare system when it comes to trying to get the help that you need. So, in terms of women, I'm going to read a portion of research article from Harvard just to give you some examples. Women in pain are much more likely than men to receive prescription sedatives rather than pain medication for their ailments. One study even showed women who received coronary bypass surgery were only half as likely to be prescribed painkillers as compared to men who had undergone the same procedure. Women wait an average of 65 minutes before receiving an analgesic for acute abdominal pain in the ER in the United States, while men wait only 49 minutes. End quote. So this is speaking to the fact that people have these implicit biases around whether or not to believe women, and they often opt not to. She's not in that much pain or she's just being hysterical, let's sedate her. And so implicit bias is a belief that's held subconsciously and is developed by soaking in any given culture from the time that we're born. It's not our fault that we all have implicit biases, but it is our responsibility to become aware of these implicit biases so that we can do the never-ending work Of unraveling them. Here's more from the Harvard article. It says, for instance, a 2000 study published in the New England Journal of Medicine found that women are seven times more likely than men to be misdiagnosed and discharged in the middle of having a heart attack. Why? Because the medical concepts of most diseases are based on understandings of male physiology and women have altogether different symptoms than men when having a heart attack, end quote. So not only are women less likely to be taken seriously, most medical research leaves out women to begin with. It's a lot. (laughs) This stuff fires me up. It gets me so angry, but it's also important that we be able to talk about it because we have a lot of work to do. And I guess part of my purpose in sharing this is for women out there who have experienced this. And I did experience some of this when I went into the ER this last year. Um, I want to just really validate your experiences that medical gaslighting is real. And these are the reasons why I wanted to share my story in next week's episode. And also why I'm just really so passionate in supporting women in both learning to connect to their body and listen to it, as well as when needed, how to navigate the medical system in a way that can increase getting their needs met. So 
that's it for today. I would love to hear your personal thoughts and experiences in the comment section. Reach out to me on Instagram anytime. I'm always happy to chat about this stuff and I will talk to you later. Ready to start your mindful soul journey? Sign up for my free life balance workbook linked in the show notes and come hang out with me on my email list. Can't wait to see you there.